Well, thank you very much, Sarah, for your introduction, and thank you, Roger, for inviting me to speak. It's a real honour, su uh, alongside such illustrious other speakers today. So, um, in talking about unions today and tomorrow, I'm going to cover, firstly, who we are as a sector in ceramics, secondly, how we've worked with trade unions in the 10 years since I've been in my role, Thirdly, um, I'm going to talk about the Manufacturing Trade Remedies Alliance and how, how it's an example of a really complex policy Brexit issue. And by pooling resources with unions, we've been able to cover much ground quickly. And then finally, I want to spend a couple of minutes reflecting, looking at the learning from this and looking forward. So firstly, who, who are we as a sector in ceramics? We as the British Ceramic Confederation, a trade association, we a membership organisation, a bit like unions, we're in the business of representing our members, our sector, our, the employers, which has a large number of SMEs, small and medium-sized enterprise and medium-sized businesses, about uh, three-quarters of our members are smaller companies. And we also have a strong regional cluster in Staffordshire, but we have members from the Caelan and Bourclay industry in Devon and Cornwall, up to technical ceramics manufacturers in Scotland. Um, just colouring with a bit of metrics, um, oh, some metrics for our, for our sector, we have about 2 billion of turnover, 20,000 employees, we export over 600 million a year and growing quite rapidly, 60% of which goes to the EU. Products include anything from construction materials, bricks, roof tiles, clay drainage pipes, loose wall and floor tiles, to, to tableware, technical ceramics, so um, artificial hips, components for aircraft and cars, uh, refractories, and we also have suppliers to the industry in our membership. We are an energy intensive sector, up to a third of many of our members' uh, production costs is energy, but we use it in a very, very energy efficient way. That makes sense to us, and we want to share good practice across the sector. Um, we have an all-party parliamentary group for ceramics, which is chaired by Ruth Smith, who is um, the lead for GMB, um, Manufacturing in Parliament. And um, we, we, we export. We know we compete internationally. So uh, all we want is a level playing field. So that's a bit of background about us. Um, just some examples about how we've worked with trade unions, particularly on policy-related areas. I wanted to start with the health and safety pledge that we've had for the last 17 years. This is the three-way agreement between HSE, the unions and the employers to work together to share good practice to um, reduce accident rate. And indeed, those companies that have signed up have halved their accident rate. So that, that's a, a you know, constructive example of working together. Secondly, um, I used to chair the Energy Intensive Users Group uh, for three years, and uh, I, I've been working on that for some, for some time. And the EIUG and the Trades Union Congress produced four reports together on what we call a just transition to a low carbon economy, looking at the policies that need to be in place, the technologies, how important the economic value of some of these industries are to the regional economies and so on. Um, and I've, I've uh, shared many a platform with Tony Burke at Unite at some of the Green Unions conferences and we've enjoyed working with the TUC or the All-Party Parliamentary Group for Energy Intensive Industries. 
Uh, another area we've worked together um, is on particular campaigns relating to energy. So I remember writing a joint paper, one pager with um, Unite and GMB on the emissions trading scheme and then using uh, working with Kathleen Walker-Shaw in the GMB office in Brussels to get rapid access to the S&D MEPs um, on that because that, uh, just working with unions is the fastest way to get to some of the elected uh, Labour politicians. Also with GMB in Brussels, um, a few years ago at the height of the steel crisis as well, um, Consideration was given to market economy status for China and again we did some practical pragmatic work with GMB in Brussels. Um, we have a European Parliament ceramic forum and Jude Curtin-Darling formerly of the ETUC chaired that session, she's a Labour MEP now um, on that. And our European Parliament Ceramic Forum has always welcomed uh, trade union members coming along to our events. I remember Alan Black from GMB said, um, gosh, have I just been welcomed by a Conservative MEP? Yes, you have. You're welcome here. Um, we've also, as a trade association, we've, um, we try and have quarterly discussions with um, GMB and Unite, the, the two principal unions representing um, the employees in our sector. And where, where we can, um, Tim Page from the TUC comes along to that. And over the 10 years that I've been there, uh, the relationships developed to one where, where there, I think there's quite a lot of trust and sharing and recognising that we don't always have the same position um, in areas. I remember Tony Burke a few years ago um, said, I want to talk about TTIP. And he spelt out um, what unions in the UK and Europe were thinking about TTIP. But he was also very interested, what do you think um, TTIP means? What, what are the issues for you? So I talked about a 28% import tariff on some of our members' products. So we just it's just that listening respectfully to each other and being able to pick up the phone if we need to. Um, Again, I think um, you know Unite have always been quite happy to share their draft reports on manufacturing. GMB alerting us to campaigns they're about to run on manufacturing. But pre and post referendum, leading up to that referendum, we were picking up the phone uh, to each other. Tony Burke, um, Steve Kemp from GMB, and myself an awful lot. And immediately after the referendum, um, Steve Kemp, Tony Burke, Tim Page from the TUC, and I and my, some of my colleagues just sat down around the table and started thinking through what that actually me meant. Now we've been working as a trade association on what are the key policy areas that are, are really going to start impacting on jobs, businesses, investments. So having that open exchange very early on, on Brexit was important and that's continued. Um, I had a really good chat with Ali Tarabi at TUC yesterday. So I'm going to move on now about how Brexit has facilitated building a strengthening constructive working relationship and therefore with Labour Party as well um, and leadership on a, com on a complex Brexit related area um, where we needed to get government competence up to speed quickly and that's on trade remedies. All we want is a level playing field when others aren't playing by the rules on trade after Brexit. I think unions and employers think that making things is good. We want jobs, businesses and investment and um, we wanted a mechanism of getting UK legislation in place that worked 
and for engaging with government and opposition. So I set up and chaired the Manufacturing Trade Remedies Alliance um, that involves ceramic, steel, chemicals, uh, paper, minerals, glass, renewable energy association and um, the Agricultural Industries Confederation and the unions GMB Unite TUC community um, as well. So why is this area important for ceramics? Well, um, eight and a half thousand of our jobs directly depend on um, the current measures that we've got in place um, through Europe on anti-dumping um, in China. Since those measures came in, the number of tiles jobs in the UK has increased by 40% and tableware by 20% and jobs of the suppliers increased too. They're not perfect, but they've given the industry breathing space to grow and invest and stabilise. And the rest of our sector was thinking, well, actually, we don't know what's around the corner. We just want a sensible framework here. Um, so um, we've worked as a group with a consultant, we've had regular meetings with Department for International Trade, um, uh, our consultant developed policy papers to help government come up with sensible policies in this area. We've acted as a sounding board and had regular meetings and it's actually been relatively easy to get a common position between manufacturers and unions. Um, Ahead of the customs bill debate in January, uh, we produced jointly a briefing pack for MPs. And I remember Lawrence Turner at the GMB produced some key data. So every MP had a customised briefing saying how many manufacturing jobs there were in their constituency and how many in each of our sectors. Um, and of course, um, the government in the customs bill and trade bill ignored virtually all of our key priorities and were proposing what we thought was the most liberal, as in neoliberal, um, trade regime in the world. However, government <coughs> did amend the customs bill extensively at the last moment, following cross-party amendments and a lot of backbench Tory concerns about manufacturing jobs. So I think don't underestimate the extent of the concerned Conservatives. Um, we were um, having one quite Brexity ones coming up to me and saying, I'm going to vote for, I'm going to sign up to that amendment. I've got a thousand jobs at stake in my constituency. Um, I think uh, there's extensive detailed work ahead um, because all the detail is going to be in the secondary legislation and guidance. So unlike Europe, where the European Parliament voted and were able to change uh, the trade defence instruments uh, modernisation proposals over several years. Vote leave taking back control means that unelected officials are going to be writing the guidance there. So we've really got to work as an alliance to ensure that there's something sensible and workable that doesn't damage businesses and jobs. So just reflecting on this, I think uh, certainly there are elements of the Labour Party in particular that like the way that we've been working. It's seen as a model for collaboration. Um, we the Alliance were asked to give evidence to the NPF um, uh, to develop the trade area and at quite an extensive period this year we were having weekly meetings with quite a large number of Labour policy experts in both the um, Treasury shadow team and the trade team. 
Um, and also people like Barry Gardner, um, the Shadow Trade Secretary, he, um, he and his team, they've done three site visits um, to our sector over the summer. And it's given a voice to smaller sectors like ourselves. Um, it's given unions a seat at the table where they perhaps wouldn't normally have had it. And it's given all of us airtime with ministers and senior officials. And I think it's benefited the officials as a one-stop shop where the policy needs to be developed quite rapidly. So just summing up, I'm no historian and I appreciate I'm in very august company today. I think the country's at a critical point on Brexit and political and economic stability are needed. I'm going to take some words from Labour here. I think we need a jobs first Brexit that really does work for manufacturers in the UK. We and our members, and I'm sure union members want to play their part in that. I think the period ahead will show us that many issues can only become more complex with compressed timings. And I think my personal view is I think we're going to need more, not less, collaboration and consensus and the wisdom from different perspectives in so many more of these critical policy areas. Laura, thank you very much indeed.